Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast. I'm really excited to introduce many of you to a friend of mine today named Nico Peel, who's joining us from Ignite Ministries, and he can share a little bit more about that in a minute. But we're talking this month about how we can build a stronger foundation of mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, how those are connected in our lives. Big issue in our culture that we've been talking about. I'm excited to get your perspective on this because you work with college students and young adults around the country. And I just love to know, you know, what are you seeing? Why, why do you think this issue is significant significant to the next generation? Yeah, I, I think it's a very important issue. I think you just look statistically of just the impact um, that so much culturally is having on just the mental, emotional health of young people. Um, it's like really, really concerning. And I, I just, I want to say just from the beginning, I think like the, the like perfect will of God for our mental and emotional health is that we'll have a sound mind, that, yeah. that a mind that is rooted in truth, like truth in who God is, who we are in him, truth in his vision for the world, a mind that's, that's rooted in love, understanding, you know, his love for us and uh, God's love for other people and, um, and a mind that's, that's rooted in trust, yeah. trust in the faithfulness of God. I, I think that's the like perfect will of God for, for our mental and emotional health. And of course, when you, uh, you know, just look around our, just today's culture, information, technological age, um, we see it's just like, that is being attacked on in every direction you know i think about paul when you know he tells the church in uh, philippians you know to think on things that are, are noble and commendable praiseworthy so forth and like that is so difficult in a generation of of um digital natives you know where i mean we grew up surrounded by technology by phones and computers and internet and um, I believe this has have had a really you know unhealthy impact on a lot of young people um, being you know oversaturation of information uh, that's leading to comparison to loneliness, depression, anxiety uh, as we're just faced with so many cultural pressures of how we should think or uh, dress or eat or wear all, all those things, right? And, um, and so, uh, I think, I think all those issues kind of plays into just, the a generation that, um, struggles with, with mental health and, yeah. and stability. Yeah. It's um, a, it's a part of the world we're, we're in and we have to learn how to navigate it. Yeah. And there's different approaches people have to how they handle these things and kind of swim in the currents of our culture and, and learning to develop some practices that, that help us grow healthy on the inside. Yeah. It's part of what the Lord wants for our life. I love how you brought that up, even the passage in Philippians where he says to set your mind on things yeah. that are noble. And yeah. it's actually empowering to know that we can set our mind with intention on the Lord and the things yeah. that he wants for yeah. our lives. But that takes some discipline. Yeah. Definitely. So what have you seen like actually work for... Young people, as you're kind of coaching, mentoring yeah. leaders that might be struggling in this area of their life, like how do you help them learn to develop that sound mind, like you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Um, what what kind of hope do we have to offer? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know, I always go to the answer of like Jesus is the perfect provision, you know. And I know the question is like, 
you know, well, what did that look like practically? Jesus being the provision for a sound mind. Uh, and I believe like practically what that looks like, um, you know, first I'll say it looks like being rooted and planted in community mm-hmm. um, and uh, and healing in the context of community. I talked with so many students struggling with all types of issues, whether it's anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. And the thing you don't want to do is you don't want to isolate, you know, sure. you want to make sure that you are in community. Also, you know, a community where, um, you know, there's freedom to feel pain and to not be judged, right? And not to feel the pressure of that you have to, you know, have it all together. It all together. Exactly. Uh, so I believe like being committed to community is like just a super practical community of people that give you space to heal and not try to fix these issues outside of Christian community. I will say it's a major practical thing, which I just believe connects with just like the importance of having meaningful relationships and safe relationships uh, in your life. And the second practical thing I will say is embracing some type of rhythm of arrest, you know, and, um, you know, as, you know, you are a college student and then you, you know, eventually get married, have kids, you know, the pressure get is like, it becomes more and more difficult to set time to rest. And so this is actually, as a college student, is really the best time of your life to actually yeah. go for. Which is hard to yeah, have to mind yeah. if you're a college student. Yeah. You might feel like you're just overwhelmed and don't have enough time. Exactly, yeah. But you probably have more time than <laughs> than, than most people, right? So... Uh, and said that to me at <laughs> college when I was in finals week, and I was so mad at them. I was like, you don't know. You don't know about my world. <laughs> and now I'm in that yeah, yeah. guy talking to younger people. Yeah. Nope, you yeah. probably have more time right now. Yeah, definitely. And you know, also just even my own life as a college student, that was something I was super um I, I try my best to just like make sure what what were things that gave me life. Like for me going on walks, I love going on walks. If I can do that morning, evening, that's perfect. You know, it's just a way that I can decompress I can kind of quiet my soul but uh when I say the second practical regarding rhythms of rest I'm speaking like physical and and it's challenges it's never going to be perfect you know some days some weeks it happens some days it don't um but try to establish all throughout scripture we see rhythms of rest you know of course you know Jesus God modeled it for us on you know he rests on the seventh day on the seventh day right yeah um, and uh, Deuteronomy, Jesus, uh, God uh, commands people to rest, you know, and uh, Jesus, he modeled rest. He lived in a place of rest. And so I think the third practical is practice like, um, I'm trying to think words how to say this, you know, practice how to, uh, uh, to just embrace rest wherever you are like when moments where you can't physically go on a walk or physically get out of town or physically you know whatever you need to do to 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 physically rest uh able to just like tap into a stillness within your soul you know and of course jesus modeled this for us so well you know throughout scripture and some of the most chaotic crazy moments you know 
like he was exemplifying risk you know he's sleeping on a boat while there's a storm you know it's <laughs> like yeah. why are you sleeping there's a storm there's chaos all around us right but yet jesus was able to tap into a, a stillness of rest and my mind goes to yeah he wasn't panicking yeah definitely he wasn't panicking at all um and i believe jesus invites us into that type of stillness you know i think about i believe it's in matthew 11 uh, when Jesus says, come to me, all those who are weary, heavy laden, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the context of that scripture was about religious uh, pressure of like, you know, leaders of the faith were adding things to uh, the commands of God, like to rest on the Sabbath, it means you can't walk more than, but, and all these pressures and rules. It's all legalistic. Exactly. Yeah. And things exactly the right way. Yeah, Exactly. And it was just causing them to become weary and tired and and full of anxiety. And then Jesus said, take my yoke and my burden, which is easy and light. And so uh, I believe a part of that is like God inviting us to just like be able to tap into that stillness in him. You know, whether, you know, we're taking an exam or as exam, we were, were prepping or preparing, studying all the type of stuff knowing that like we can just quiet our souls in those moments and just tap into the rest of God. Um, and so I, I think just, and I think that requires, that takes practice. So I'll say practicing that. Yeah. And yeah. And then um, I guess the last practical I will say um, is, uh, um, is some type of specialized ministry that deal with, with trauma, with, you know, whether it's wounds, father wounds, mother wounds, things that um, trigger us, you know. Um, I, I think there's so many opportunities where there's Christian counseling, where there's some type of inner healing ministry. Yeah. Uh, but I think as a college student, this is, again, the best season and time to do it, you know, because the longer those things are not dealt with, the worse things we get as you get older, right? Yeah. And so, so, so yeah, so those are four I think I share four, like four practical different ways that we can practice yeah. some type of emotional wellness. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good, a, a good encouragement. And that last point you made, I'd love to talk a little bit more about, because the, I think the, the topic of triggers and trauma is a big yeah. thing in our culture. It's, it's almost like thrown around almost as a buzzword. Yeah. When we go through trauma, that's significant. And then learning to, to experience healing on the inside is a process. And sometimes we do have triggers from our past based on wounds we have that come up that we need someone to help us through. Yeah. Experience how God can bring redemption into that, how he can care for us. And so is that something, how how have you experienced that? How do you encourage students in that direction? Because I think that's um, a a topic we're becoming more aware of, but I think there's some confusion around it. What does that actually look like? How do I do that? Yeah. Yeah. I know for for me personally, you know, I, when kind of after school, after college for me, uh, I made it a routine every year that I do some type of inner healing ministry, uh, which, which what that looked like is just issues in my life, things that I've noticed that, that trigger certain things is it me trying to find the root, um, what calls those things. Um, and, and not doing that on my own, but inviting people to help facilitate that process yeah. and, you know, finding Jesus in those moments mm-hmm. and forgiving people in my heart and letting go of fence, mm-hmm. uh, which, um, 
you know, it, it, it was like really taking on that yoke of Jesus, which was very much lighter <laughs> than when I was carrying it. Yeah. Trying it yourself. Yeah, definitely. Trying to fix it yourself or being unaware of it and having it impl- explode on other people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we, we all experience, you know, triggers. There's so many things undealt with things, you know. Um, in our lives. And I think it's, it's just important that we prioritize uh, those things. Uh, you know, sometimes it can become overwhelming. And this this was, I, I like to say, you know, I, I believe the Lord brings things to the surface that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, and I believe when we start to see these things rise up, that that's the time that the Lord is giving us the opportunity to deal with it, you know? So all at once we will be so overwhelmed right and so i heard this analogy that i love it's like a gardener who is growing uh tomatoes and he's walking and he's looking and seeing you know which tomatoes are ripe he's he only picks the ripe tomatoes Mm -hmm. right so the ones are ready to be picked is the ones that he that he picks and the analogy was comparison with with the ministry of inner healing in our own hearts is that, you know, there's so many areas in our lives that could need a lot of work, right? You know, but the ones that are right, the ones that are coming that the Lord is highlighting are the ones that it's important to deal with in that moment versus trying to fix all the issues all at once. Yeah, that's good. And that one thing paying attention to what issues are up is when you actually have some kind of trigger that happened. Yeah. And paying attention to that I was talking to one of our young adult leaders recently, and they had an issue come up with anxiety. And immediately on the inside, there was all this like shame and panic that they were having. And what they, as as they brought it into the light, it was like, one, I'm not alone. Yeah. That's good. But then two, it's to say, hey, that's actually, it's not something to shame yourself about. It's something that God's allowing to come to the surface. And it's an invitation to go deep. Yeah. Yeah. and that's why I think uh, paying attention to our inner world and 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 being honest about the moments where things get out of our control or our things are painful is an opportunity to let God in. Yeah, and yeah. other people. And usually it starts with another person yeah. you can tell. And then having some gift people that are gifted and knowing how to to pray with you, connect you with Jesus is is very healing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that's been revolutionary in my life, but yeah. something I was unaware of for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point, what you brought up, because, you know, oftentimes, you know, we can see the Lord bringing these things to surface as like a bully, like calling us out or whatever, but it's actually him really calling us up, right? You know, that he's inviting us to heal in those areas. And the fruit of that is a person that looks like you, that looks more like Jesus, right? And so, so that's something to like be excited about, you know, um, that, wow, this is an opportunity for, for me to be conform more into the image of Christ, which is sanctification, right? It's yeah. like that process yeah. of, of being conformed into the image of God. Yeah. yeah. And if you just take that one, cause I mean, Jesus, he's pretty amazing. He can sleep in a boat when there's a storm gone everyone else is freaking out. Yeah. You. So like, if you actually think back to the last time you just freaked out or you got overwhelmed or the circumstances seemed out of control and you had that sense of panic rather than steadiness, usually there is some kind of invitation. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Jesus has this gentle presence about him that he's not scared of any of that. Yeah. Yeah. But as we begin to connect with him, he starts to bring a peace and transcends understanding. Yeah, that's so good. And show us maybe a different way we could handle it. Yeah. And why do we get so overwhelmed and and feel out of control inside? And and how could we maybe trust him and surrender? Yeah. And I just I'm learning to see the my own brokenness, the ways that I'm not like Jesus, as invitations to admit my need. Yeah. For Jesus. Yeah. Because he's so faithful and he's so good. And I think in our culture, there's there's not a lot of great strategies that are out there. Well, there are a lot of strategies, but they're more self-help oriented. Yeah, yeah. And so the hope that we have to offer to to grow in mental and emotional health is so different in the gospel. Yeah, that's so, so good. We hear these statistics that are overwhelming. So I love to just give you a chance to share, like, maybe what are some hopeful stories or some things you're seeing out there that you're seeing the Lord do in the lives of young people? Um, that they're experiencing some breakthrough in yeah. this area, or I'm, is there any, anything you could sit, say on a more encouraging level? Yeah, topic? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I believe you know I'm, I'm going to refer to um, just a recent event that just happened, uh, Asbury Revival. Yeah, um, and you got to go down yeah, there. For yeah, yeah, yeah. The opportunity to go down there. Um, you know, so many people and the leaders there speak of that revival as revival of peace. Um, and, uh, so many of the testimonies of young people was the Lord really setting their heart free from anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts. And I was so encouraged by that because it, yeah. as, you know, as we're talking, yeah, I, yeah, as we're talking about like, you know, how so much of anxiety and depression has been like, it has been what so much of this generation has been defined by and what you see all over media with mental breakdown, the mental health epidemic and all those things Yeah, to see that like the Lord responding in such a massive way, you know, uh, with this wave of peace, you know, of like, and, and I see that as like the Lord inviting a generation to himself. Like you are tired, you are weary but I am the solution. I am the answer. I am able to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that you cannot find in this world, right? A peace that you cannot find in a self-help book, a peace that you yeah. can't find in a, you know, mental health podcast, but a peace yeah. that you can find in me. And I, I, I am encouraged by that. It's just even the, the level and the scope of the impact of that um, revival and how the theme of that revival really was a theme of peace and a theme of rest. You know, I had the opportunity to go and being there, you know, it wasn't flashy or showy. It was a sense of stillness, right? And uh, and I believe that's what the Lord is inviting us into. And I believe there's grace. I believe there's, you know, the grace of God is his ability to do all he can do through us is what we cannot do in our own strength, right? Yeah. And and I believe that there is tremendous grace uh, for this generation to really walk in peace, in rest, in stillness, and in a sound mind. That's that's so encouraging. I, I was getting goosebumps while you're sharing it because I think that's so important for our young adults to hear. And if you're out there and you're struggling, you're you're battling your own issues. We want you to know you're not alone. Yeah. There's no shame to have the issue, but there's hope. And Jesus invites you into a relationship with him where peace is available. Yeah. And 
sometimes you have to work through some uncomfortable stuff to get there, but it starts with admitting our brokenness and our need for him. And and that's the powerful thing about a revival is when you have a whole group of people that are saying, Jesus, I'm, I'm broke, I need you. Yeah. And then yeah. they're experiencing the power of his presence, yeah. the promises of his word in a fresh way. Yeah. So I'd love to know maybe a little bit more about that. Like, how do you see... What else did you see the Lord doing there? What are you seeing the Lord doing in this generation um, and really seeking that kind of revival in their lives? And um, how's the power of prayer connected? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think prayer, you know, prayer is, um, it's not just the starting point. Like it's, it's- It's like our lifeline. Yeah, it's our lifeline, yeah. And I think in the place of prayer is really where our relationship with God is cultivated. Um, it's intimacy with him is where, um, it's a place where we are shaped by his thoughts towards us. Um, and I think there's so many, as we shared before, cultural pressures in this, you know, information age that we're living in that is telling us how we should think and how we should live. Um, but when we enter to a place of prayer, that is a conversation, a dialogue with God, like we hear his thoughts about us and his thoughts and his words concerning us is what begin to shape our identity and who we are and what we believe. And so I think like if we stay connected in the place of conversation with God, and I think so much of prayer is you know, the practice of prayer for so many has been more of like a monologue versus a dialogue. Yeah. So I think hearing the voice of God is also like very important to our emotional health is like, you know, we're lost and we're like, God, where are, where are you? What are you saying? You know? And if we haven't learned to understand how the Lord speaks to us, you know, I, I believe God is always speaking. I think oftentimes the volume of life is so loud. We just can't hear him. And so that's importance of prayer is opportunity to really you know, steal ourselves before him, quiet down the volume of life so that we can hear what he's saying, what he's speaking. I believe prayer is the place of transformation. I believe it's the place where our identity is shaped. Um, and, and not only our identity is shaped, but a, a history is built with God, you know? And, um, and this, and a history that's built with God, um, doesn't matter like what issues we're faced in life. Like if we know that we are in relationship with him, you know, that we, that it's not intellectual, you know, but it, but it is spiritual and relational, Yeah, you know, living in that reality, I believe really is what shape us to really not be so negatively impacted by the pressures of this world. Yeah. And back to the, the passage of, uh, Philippians when Paul, yeah. you know, is encouraging to set your mind on things that are hopeful and noble. And, yeah. uh, you know, he was writing that from a prison cell, you know, it was not, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wasn't yeah. based on his circumstances at all. But I just think about the life of Paul and just like how he was so rooted in his identity in God. He was so rooted, rooted and shaped by the words of God is what shaped his identity, you know, which caused him to, uh, not be conformed into the world, uh, but in the midst of being, you know, in prison to be able still to have a sane and a sound mind, you know? 
And uh, I believe his prayer life is a part of that. And I think... Because no one can take your prayer life. Exactly. You can be in a yeah. prison cell and be connecting with the king. Of yeah, the yeah. And that gives you an identity that is entirely valuable. Yeah. And so yeah. it can be treating you terribly, but you still have this incredible dignity. Yeah, yeah. And power. Yeah. And start communing with God that no one can take. Yeah. Um, and Paul modeled that, invites us into it. I, I think... That's such good encouragement. Uh, I was, as you were talking, I was just thinking about that passage in Ephesians 3 when Paul prays for the church and he's praying that we experience power in our inner being. Mm, yeah. I understand the depths of Christ's love, like in every direction, every dimension. Yeah. And that's really an identity that's being shaped by the love and presence of God. Yeah. And that's, learned, I, I like the word he used to practice. Like mm. there's a famous book, you probably familiar with it, The Practice of the Presence of God. Yeah, yeah. And I, it used to be that was the the best-selling book of all time besides the Bible. Mm. And he was written by this like monk that used to wash dishes in the kitchen. Yeah. And said I was in tune in with God when I'm washing the pots and the pans as I am when I'm in the sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. And cultivating that kind of heart where we're communing with God it tends to take practice. Yeah. We don't always get it right. Uh, but it, it's something we need to be dedicated to. And I think that's one thing I see with young adults sometimes is they they often struggle with just being committed to the process and mm. thinking, if I just get, if I could just get healed, then I won't struggle anymore. And they wonder why God isn't doing that when really healing is relational. Yeah, this could. And so I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about the side of developing that prayer life, like if for someone who's starting out in the journey, I have a lot of young adults ask me, like, what is this hearing God thing about? Like, I, I'm trying to, I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's some anxiety around that. We know God speaks through his word, but in terms of just developing our intimacy with God in prayer, how do you help younger leaders learn how to connect with the voice of God, listen to him? Yeah, yeah. And I always start with, you know, just being honest where you are, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for some prayer can be scary, you know, especially, you know, when we think about prayer as a conversation with God, you know, it's, it's easier for us to, to say all the words, but then when we have to quiet our soul to listen, it's like, hey, what if I don't hear anything or, yeah, right. you know, and, and so there's a lot of, supposed to hear an audible voice, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, those type of, those type of fears come to the surface. And I think, the best place to start is to be honest with God about those yes. things, you know, you know, to be honest, like, Lord, I don't know how to do this. Like, you know, you know, Romans talked about how the Holy Spirit will teach us how to pray when we don't know what to say. Right. And so I think you just start there. You start with like, teach me how to pray, Lord, you know, uh, you know, I used to pray this prayer when times when I wanted to really just you know, commit myself to a time of prayer and I'm like so distracted and my mind is going every direction and I'm just trying to stay focused and a part of me, I'm like, I'm just really just ready to go and move to the next thing. And I was just like, Lord, a prayer or a prayer. I was like, okay, Lord, like this is, seems like it's not working right now, but help me to fall in love with this place. Help me to fall in love with this place of prayer and being with you, right? And I think as we were just like, consistently praying and being honest in our prayer, um, I think we start to see the Lord respond. And and oftentimes, I mean, there's so many times like I experienced the Lord responding, answering my prayer and, it, and, 
and me living in the answer of that prayer for months before I even realized it. You know, I'm like, oh, like I am realizing that I am really like spending more time with you and I'm enjoying it. And I, I pray for that. And now I'm, I'm seeing that begin to become more of a reality. Yeah. And so I'll say, just be honest with God, with, with where you are. And then also, you know, to just be open. I believe the Lord speaks to people in many different ways, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, we have this idea of like hearing the voice of God as like an audible voice, which is probably never, most of the time, never really audible voice, yeah. you know? Um, and, um, and so we have these, these ideas and I also just like all the ideas you have about hearing the voice of God, like just, just lay those down and then just allow like, Lord, teach me how do you speak to me? That's some and, and, and then you may find, Jesus said like yeah. <laughs> ask and yeah. you seek and you'll yeah. knock and the door will be open. Yeah. Like keep on asking, keep on seeking. Yeah. And just that whole journey is like, you know, we probably heard it said so many times, not about the destination, it's about the journey. Yeah. But that whole journey of like asking the questions and being honest and, you know, it's like you're building history with God That's as you're doing that. Like you're, you're building a history with him and, uh, and then you'll, you'll just start to discover like you, you'll, you know, maybe like I, I mentioned before, like I love walks and that's why I hear God very clear, you know? Uh, and, and for some people. You talked about like quieting your soul. Yeah. Walk, like quieting, your, stilling your mind, stilling your, your yeah. soul, not just taking this with me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Making yourself available. To yeah. Yeah. Removing distractions and. You know, so I think there's practical things, you know, number one, just show up, show up to pray, you know? Yeah. Um, set a time, set a time and, do it. and do it. And, uh, and then in that time, be honest with God about where you are and even how uncomfortable you are, if that's the case, you know? Yeah. Um, and then ask for his help and then just trust that he will help yeah. and just keep doing it. And I, I believe that the Lord will respond. Mm, that's so good. I, I love that. And I think I'll give you one last question as we're getting ready to close for today. But as someone might be watching who's struggling with this whole concept of, man, I'm, I'm just feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling yeah. anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. Like what, what encouragement would you want to give them as we're kind of wrapping up this conversation? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say this, uh, that Jesus loves you. Yeah. And not only do he loves you, but he cares about you and he sees you. And I think it's good. Um, yeah. My prayer for you is that, um, yeah, that you will have faith to believe that, that, that he loves you, that he cares about you and that he sees you. And, um, and I believe he's faithful. He's faithful to respond. And, um, yeah, and I, I've, don't so, mind. Can I pray? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. So if that's you, that's, that's watching, you know, I just pray for that. We talked about the grace of God is his enabling power to do all that he can do through you. Like, like in your own strength, you can't even, you know, rest your soul. Like, but Christ can't, you know, and I believe when we can acknowledge, like I am unable to quiet myself at this moment that the Lord comes and he floods us with grace. And so that's what I'm going to pray. Lord, I, I just pray for all those who are watching who may be struggling with quiet, quieting their soul before you, those who are struggling with anxiety or depression or whatever it may be, suicidal thoughts. 
Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would give them grace, that you would, that you'll flood them grace. As Paul prayed continually for churches, he said, I pray that peace and grace will be multiplied. I pray, Lord, that you will multiply peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding, and a grace, your enabling power, Lord, to empower them to hear you and to experience your love, to experience your presence, to experience your truth. And Lord, I just pray that you, any anxiety, any depression, Lord, any suicidal fault, Lord, that you will just overshadow it by your love that gives life and that gives hope. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bro, it's been great having you on yeah. the Young Adult Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. Hope this is an encouragement to you. If you're out there and you're in the triangle and you don't have community, we're a safe place for young adults to connect and grow in their relationship with Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our gatherings. And if you found this encouraging, we hope you'll share it with a friend. Take care, guys, and we hope to see you next time.